Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We're in an unbelievable season called Revive. Has anybody been feeling a little life coming to you where you feel a little refreshed, a little reinvigorated? Feel like you got your senses back, you got your purpose back, you got your patience back. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Got your hair back. Well, oh, well. I've heard of stories like that. <laughs> A, uh, if I could be honest, I'm in a place where I am desperate for my own personal revival. And, and listen, it, it's not because things are horrible. I just know God has more. And I don't want to live this life squandering the opportunities we've been given by settling for less when he paid a great price for us to have more. And I want you to know I'm preaching to myself tonight. I might be aiming at myself. I might be pumped up because I want to get in agreement with the word of the Lord that is revive. And uh, your participation determines whether you get to access what God's plan is for you. You can sit like this and say, well, we'll just see. Yeah, you probably won't. But if you can engage, get on the front foot, open your heart, tenderize your heart, be a little teachable, a little coachable, a little open to what all God wants to do, you might be just surprised that you're the, the selected one that he's going to do something extraordinary with. Let's do that. Well, I got a funny story. I was walking out through our yard a couple weeks ago, and we have a few like zones that irrigate the yard, a sprinkler system. And uh, as I was walking through the yard, we were getting ready to do some, uh, plant a few bushes and just get ready for summer. We like having parties. Anybody like having people over? I like having people over when the, when the yard looks nice. You know what I mean? It needed a little work. And so we were walking through it with our landscaper, and I stumbled across this region of the yard, and one of the sprinklers was in full revival. <laughs> at least I thought it was. My definition of revival, at least at the time, was that something had broke loose, and then there's just a flood of water everywhere, and, uh, and I was looking at it and calculating my water bill, wondering how long this thing's been in revival for, and, and processing, is this even good? Is this a good thing? I mean, should I be celebrating this? What should I do with this? And I came to the realization, as I looked a little further, that it had been going on for quite some time, probably a week. The bigger problem, other than the water bill, was the fact that the area that that particular station was designed to irrigate wasn't getting any of the water. This selfish little spout had determined that all the revival was for it. 
And as a result, the rest of this area of the yard was turning brown and the flowers were wilting and the yard was borderline dead. And I had to ask myself, what's revival for anyway? Is it for me to sit in this little God spa, have this crazy God encounter and feel so revived? All the while the world around me is under irrigated and this extraordinary life source that was intended, yes, to touch my life, somehow stopped at me and I made it about me. And so I did what any good homeowner would do. I shut it off. I wasn't bitter at the little God party the sprinkler system was having. I just knew it was meant for more. I knew it was meant to irrigate that section of the yard. No one else was in a position to conduit water like that. No one else was. It had to come through that person. It had to come through that. You know, we're in East County. If we all were honest, there is a source of life here. There's enough life here, enough power here. The water's good enough, transformative enough, healing enough to fix anything. But we need to evaluate the city we're called to the region of San Diego that we're specifically designed and called to. And we need to evaluate. It's not enough that we have it overflowing in here and it's hot and we're feeling the presence of God and shatter our dad. I'm telling you, we need the source, we need the flow, we need the life. It's here. But is it really just for us? Or is water designed to flow out of the temple, out of the church, into the city? The problem that most of us have in why we're not seeing more power is because we've made it about us and our personal experience with God. So instead of being a conduit of the force of life designed to restore cities, we've become the object, the destination of revival. Revival is never a destination. It is a life source. Let me say that again. Revival is not a destination for you to arrive at. It is a source that flows through you to bring life everywhere you're sent. It's okay. It's a little bit hot in here. The name of this message is called Life Water. John chapter seven, verse 37 through 39. On the last, that great day of the feast, Jesus stands up, cries out and says, if anyone thirsts, and there are a lot of thirsty people out there, have yet to taste of living water. That's what I love about Jesus is he offers life to everyone. Is anyone thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And then he promises, for he that believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of life. I haven't really met a river that hadn't had a destination 
He says, out of your innermost being will not flow a God spa or a swamp. We have a destination that this life is meant to flow through. First thing I want to talk about is the first point. There's four points. I feel there's grace to get through all four, Marco. Can I get a? We're going to start. The first point is called restoration waters. I want you to know religion will not cure East County, East Lake, pardon me, East Lake region. Religion won't cure it, okay? It has to be life. Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. He came to restore you and then use you to be an agent and an instrument of restoration in the region you're set, okay? Religion, I'm sorry. No matter how organized, no matter how many programs it has, I'm not saying it can't benefit, but only God offers living water, water that transforms every area of your life and mine. So the first thing we need to understand is that we deal in restoration water. We do not deal in religion. We deal in life. Jesus said, I, I came that you might have religion? No, life. And life abounding. That means abounding means when he touches you, the things you care about begin to work and flourish and function and flower. I think there's things in us that have yet to be flowering, yet to be producing, yet to be strong, yet to be potent. You see, God wants to bring you to life. Okay, gosh, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Woo! I love it here. I love the word of God. I love because it's the word of life. It's the word of power. We're in a great day. We're in a great hour for two reasons. God's here and the world is broken. The world is in complete disarray. It's confused, it's frustrated, it's dark, it's demonized. What an opportunity to be, to be a part of a life source. Don't you want to be a life source when everything around you is dead? The things we are going to see with our eyes, with our hands, the things we're going to touch, the lives we'll restore, the systems, the structures that we will have a part in fixing. Get ready. Get ready. But we need an understanding of why we're here and what revival really is. It's not a God spa. It's a God source. Okay, let's try this. 2 Kings 5, 1 through 17. This is adult school here. We sent the youth off so we could read 17 verses. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman. Naaman was the commander of his army because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But through Naaman... But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel 
And among their captives was a young girl who'd been, who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, oh, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. He must have been a good guy. If he wasn't a good guy, she wouldn't have wanted him healed. I want you to know you can be a good guy. You can be successful. You can be not even known for your issue, but still have one. And I want you to know you don't have to be completely broke down and busted and completely incapable of doing anything for God to want to move in your life. And I want you to know wherever you are on the spectrum of life, God wants to bring some healing to you, wherever you are, even if you're Naaman. Okay, so Naaman told the king, Aram at the time, um, so, so Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said, and the king said, go and visit the prophet. The king of Aram told him, I will send a letter of introduction to you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold and 10 sets of clothing. You can be very, very wealthy and still very needy of something. Your money won't always buy you what you need. That's why I love God is he's so big that no matter where you are, he has something for you. The letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I a God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone of leprosy? I can see that he's trying to pick a fight with me. Wow. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him, why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. God's always concerned about his reputation. He'll always, uh, tr- he'll always raise up a true church and a true prof- prophetic voice. So there's always hope. There's always hope. We are the hope. We are the church of the living God is the prophetic voice in the earth that offers solutions to everyone. That's us, that's us, that's us. Let's have a reputation of a place where God heals and restores. I love this. So Naaman went went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. I know, it's pretty good news, you'd think. But it just didn't come in the way that Naaman wanted it to come. You see, he wanted the man of God. He wanted Pastor Rudy to pray for him. You see what I mean? And so here we are showing up at the river of life, offended because it didn't go down the way we thought it would. Oh, let's let's talk about it. Most of us won't access what God has for us because it didn't come in the way we wanted it. So he's walking away from what God had for him. Thank God he had some good friends. He had some friends that straightened him out. He was in a good connect group. Come on, you know you got a couple friends. You say something crazy, they're like, yeah, do that. 
<laughs> like, you got to leave those friends. You got two crazy friends, you'll be the third one. You need a friend that walks you back off the ledge when you're starting to get dumb. This guy's right on the verge of his breakthrough, of his blessing, of his healing, of his promise. He's right on the verge of something that's probably been bothering him for a decade. And he almost walks away from it because he got offended and it didn't come the way he wanted it. I've discovered that God loves to get everything to me, just not always on my terms. I've discovered the secret of accessing God always comes through surrender. Sometimes I'm surrendering to him. Sometimes I'm surrendering to the way things are done, and I have to just lay my pride down and come up under the way it's done. Ah. He gives grace to the humble, resists the proud. Let's get back to this. i not even out of point one yet. I apologize if you've been offended lately. I want you to know offenses will come. Take heart. You got you to overcome offense if you want to access God. I promise you, I promise you, you have to learn to overcome offense if you want to access especially healing. You know, we see a lot of people um, flowing in the power of God and in the Holy Spirit, and sometimes you come across somebody, and it's just not, it's not there. And you're wondering, you're like, man, I, it was just here, the last person I prayed for. What's, what's going on? You know, oftentimes, it's offense, unforgiveness, holding bitterness towards somebody. You have a valid point. They did something to you, but that's what forgiveness is. You have forgiven someone of a debt they owe you, and you're saying, I am no longer going to look to you to pay me back from what you stole from me. I am now going to look to God to restore from me what you took. Therefore, you no longer have power over me. And so we just want to get God's life in you. But offense, oh, my gosh, it'll cripple you. I know, Naaman became angry, stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out and meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over me, over the leprosy, and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, the the Farper, better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? It's funny how when God asks you to do something that's maybe a little different than you expected, you you start talking yourself out of it. And is it just me that has talked myself out of the promise of God because I didn't like the way it was presented? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. But his officers, his good friends, you need a friend that will tell you no. If you have a bunch of yes men around you, and this is the problem, this is one of the things I respect about Naaman. He's incredibly successful, and yet he still has people in his life that can tell him, no, you're wrong. This is the wrong response. Uh, I'm telling you, the danger for successful people is they don't have anyone in their life that'll tell them no. They surrounded themselves with a bunch of yes people. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. If you're super successful, you should be the most teachable person in the room. If you're really, really a leader, you should be the most humble, coachable, teachable person in the room. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. If you get offended, you're going to take your ball. I'm going to go play somewhere else where they appreciate me. Oh, fine. You're limited. 
You just hit a ceiling, 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 ceiling. Come on. You sure you want to prosper? It's hard. It's a hard, God will process you. If he has a plan to prosper you, he has a plan to process you. Come on, Joseph. Amen. I don't know if this is good preaching in here. You tracking with me? Yeah, God had a plan to use Joseph to do big things, and he had to take him through hell to get him ready to be stewarded with much, so it wasn't about him. I respect Naaman. His officers tried to reason with him. They said, sir, the prophet had told you to do something very difficult. Wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply go and wash and be cured. So Naaman listened to his counsel, went down to the Jordan River, dipped seven times. Marco was telling me in the green room, are we calling that a green room? (laughs) Whatever that is. It's a special night tonight. If you're getting baptized, you get dipped seven times. Just telling you what Marco told me. I'm, he's got faith. Went down to the Jordan River, dipped, dipped, himself seven, dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was healed. The Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, Now I know that there's no God in all the world except in Israel. So please, accept this gift. Accept the 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds. That's a nice necklace. You know what I'm talking about. And these 10 articles of clothing. But I love Elisha. See, we, we always receive an offering. We actually heard an extraordinary one today. But God is never after your money. It's proof here. The prophet's like, I don't, no. As surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. Because you didn't buy what I offer you. It's too valuable for you to buy it with your gold and your silver. You can access it with, but you can't purchase it. Mm-hmm. And though Naaman urged him, please take these gifts, Elijah refused. Then Naaman said something I just can't even wrap my head around. All right, then please allow me to load two of my mules with earth from this place, and I will take it back home with me. And from now on, I will never again offer burnt offerings or sacrifices to any other god except the Lord. Wow. I know. I know. I took a big risk reading 17 verses. These are restoration waters though. That's what we preach here. That's what we will always preach here is that every Wednesday, every Sunday at every connect group, everywhere you go, you call somebody, you are accessing rivers of restoration. Naaman had a lot of things going for him, had one thing that was troubling him. All of us have something that's troubling us, that's keeping us from, keeping us up at night for the wrong reasons. Let, let me just be honest. We're, we're doing okay. We're, we're pretty successful and, and, and experiencing a lot of wins in life. 
But right now we have a 12-year-old daughter that I'm trying to process. She's got uh, Asperger's and she is brilliant and I love her like crazy. But socially, it's tricky for me. Like, we don't connect. I, I want to connect. I, I love her, but I feel like there's a disconnect. And it's, it keeps me up at night. It bothers me. Like, I feel like I'm oftentimes a not a good dad, and I'm, I'm wrestling with things. And, you know, n- no amount of success, no amount of money. I would pay anything to have access to a relationship with my, I would pay anything. These things don't compensate for the main things. You're tracking with me. You know what I need to do is I need to stay coming to the river to find solutions for my life. I just want you to know there's always something that God wants to heal and restore. You think it's God's will that I'm disconnected from my daughter who I love? You think he somehow set that up for me to just, you know, you're going to have all this success. But you know what? I just don't think, I don't think it's right for you to connect with your daughter. That's craziness. That's nonsense. No good father would set that up for their son that they love. So therefore, I have to keep coming. Seven times might be the number of perfection. That means I need to stay in the river. I need to dip myself. Whether Rudy wants to pray for me again or not, I don't know. He might not. He's tired of me coming up asking for miracles to grow hair. Don't understand why he doesn't have any faith to grow hair. I don't get it. But, no, but you see what I mean? Like, like, like I have to get into an environment like this so that I can see what I need in my family that, that isn't working right now. What about you? What about you? Because if you come in here like you have it all together, you'll leave here with nothing to take home. But if you come here humbly and hungry and needy and expected, he says, come, come to the river and drink, I have life. We can lead you here, we can't make you drink. Okay, I know, God's good. Life, this is the point I want to make. Life, second point, flows through the earth. And I, when I was reading this, I was so fascinated. It says that Naaman went down to the Jordan River, pardon me. It says that Naaman asked to load his mule up with earth. And I'm thinking it wasn't the earth that healed you. Like, why, why do we associate miracles through men when men are just conduits of life? And I want you to know, don't ever put your hope in a, in a man to bring your healing unless it's the one man who paid for it. But I want to share another, another thought. And it's out of... Uh, it's out of 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says we have these treasures in earthen vessels that the excellence of that power might be of God and not of us. You know, it says, I like the King James Version, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, in you the earthen vessel. You know, when he originally designed you and created you in the garden, 
He created you to have dominion. He created you to have authority. He created you to be effective. He created you to be a river that works and, and actually accomplish something for the land you were set in. He said, go and be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with life and subdue everything that's contrary to life. But you see, we all fell, came out of the earth we were intended to be and we became cursed earth. The big problem with the church is we think Jesus came to just forgive the curse, but he came to buy back the earth. You are the earth that is intended to carry the life. So not only are you and I intended to come back to life, taste life, experience life, participate in life, get restored personally, we're also meant to bring our earthen vessel back to the life source so that we can now become the conduit of life, the carrier of life, the bringer of life, the vessel of life to the city. What Jesus did for us is so extraordinary. The price he paid for you and I, not to just access life, but I think the biggest miracle for me it's not the many, 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 many times he's restored me at this altar or, or in this river. It's the times where I've yielded my earth to him and he's chosen to use me as a conduit of life to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring courage, to bring refreshment. To, are you kidding me? To bring the word of the Lord on a Wednesday night in East Lake. The reason that is, is because he bought my earth back so that I could re-yield it to him and become the conduit he originally intended us to be. So let's just process this picture again. Living water, I'm back in the garden, my garden, the one that's overflowing that I had to shut off so I could fix and repair the river so that it flowed into East Lake. You tracking with me? Guess what happens once you repair the conduit? You turn the water back on. I see a picture prophetically. I see a whole new region of tributaries of life that have yet to be built in this city and you're it. And it's time to plug your life not only into the river of restoration, but into the river of being restoration. You tracking with me? I wish I had a little more time to, but we gotta get to the seven dipping uh, baptisms tonight. I'm gonna just share these and then I'm gonna pray for us, okay? Uh, you guys doing okay? Feeling a little life. These are restoration waters. These are, we're the earth that water flows through. We are repurchased and re-yielded to carry life. When have you ever seen a river just floating around in the air with no earth? God's river needs you as its earth. The next point is that we are the city irrigators. 
You and I exist in a city, in a region, and are designed to bring life into it. And then the final point is actually not a point. It's a prayer. And the prayer is increased flow. Increased flow. I want to show a quick clip. This is a picture of the Niagara River. Niagara River brings 20% of the world's fresh water. Borders, New York, Toronto, comes from the Great Lakes. It's famous for Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls has 735,000 gallons of water go over it every second. There's a hero, a revivalist that I've studied named Smith Wigglesworth, who became a conduit of life water at 50 years old. He was born in complete poverty and he had to go and become a plumber at the age of nine, never learned to read. At the age of 50, he surrendered his life to the power of God and became a conduit of revival. What I like about that story is he qualifies all of us who think we're disqualified from being a carrier of life. Listen to me though. His favorite place on the planet was Niagara Falls. And he would look at the falls and he would say, like that, Lord. Like that through me. Increase your flow. If Jesus had the spirit without limits, may I operate, may I yield my life to you that you would use me to bring more and more revival and restoration to my city. If you're interested in more, can you stand up? I'm gonna pray for you and then I'm gonna pass this off to Pastor Marco. Just maybe put your hands towards God in, 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 a, in a posture of surrender, okay? In a posture of yielding, in a posture of receiving. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a gift just for you. It's designed to flow through you. The great commandment is go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. The good news is not a principle. The good news is, a, is life water flowing through you. Repeat after me. Remember, not religiously. Repeat after me with devotion in your heart, with faith, with an appetite, with an expectancy that the God who bought your earth can now use your earth to carry his life. Repeat after me, Father God, I thank you 
that I'm alive in dark times, in broken times, because I believe your life source is enough for the day we're in. I bring to you my own broken places, and I look to you to heal me, to restore me, to revive me personally. I also choose to surrender my life to your service, to your usefulness. I believe you bought me with your own blood to redeem me back, to purchase me back, to be used again like you originally intended. I don't want to squander one drop of your blood. You have me now. You love me, restore me, mold me, fashion me for your use. You've designed me to carry life into my city, into this region, and I need you to turn up the flow, to turn up the power. On my own, I don't have enough to make a difference, but plugged into your source, with you increasing in me, I can be a carrier of life and transformation. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Breathe on me. Fresh life, fresh water, fresh power, fresh purpose. In Jesus' most extraordinary name. If you believe God's doing something, say amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.